The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Memory Lane. Each episode, I take a trip down memory lane with a very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos that we're talking about, they're all on the episode image and you can also see them a bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane Podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. Hello, Ramesh. Hi, Kerry. How are you? I am all right, given the circumstances. We can be we can be transparent about lockdown. How's that going for you? I'm not handling it very well, I don't think. It, no? It, it, well, I keep veering between uh, doing a lot of stuff and uh, not doing anything and not feeling yeah. right about either of those options. Do you know what I mean? It's no, sort of, same. That's kind I of I mean, when I'm I think at. back to week one and Joe Wicks and my sort of leaping about like an idiot and now some days catatonic just sitting in a sofa and... Don't move. The thing is, is that my kids are all, they're all Fortnite obsessed. And right. so they cannot, there are not enough negatives that could happen with this global pandemic, inclu- including Lisa <laughs> and I losing our lives, that would <laughs> counterbalance the benefits of them being able to play Fortnite more. So Fair enough. As long as they're happy, Ramesh, as long as they're happy. Yeah, but we're trading killers, <laughs> Kerry. That's the problem. <laughs> Well, they might need to live like that in the sort of apocalypse. Well, right? think, no, they might need those skills. <laughs> in terms of survivalist training, that nobody's going to be able to take down our kids. I mean, they, well, they could literally, good, with, if we if, if we had the appropriate weaponry, within I think half an hour of it of shit going down, <laughs> the, all of our neighbours would be dead with these little absolute assassins that we've got. Building they're never going to do without bog roll and pasta. No, are no, they're, they're always going to have everything they're they need. Be absolutely fine. <laughs> These pictures scream of like a time before digital photography. Yes. Because actually what I noticed in a lot of your pictures is you're not even aware that the camera's on you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you're not posing. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And They're I th- not contrived at all. Yeah, and I, I think there's something better about photos like that because somebody's seen a moment and that... God, I sound like such an old prick now. I apologise for that. But somebody's seen a moment and gone, that's worth capturing, and they've gone to get their camera to take the photo, rather than you go, I want to take... The the photo leads the way now, do you know what I mean? It's it's photo first, and then what is the moment going to be? Do you know what I mean? And and I think that means, uh, old man Romeo thinks, that uh, what that means (laughs) is, I just think that the photos have probably got a lower... I don't know, they're not quite as... 
they're not quite as nice a snapshot of what was happening at that time. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because in the two first ones, which we'll talk about in a minute, but both of them, if the person who took those pictures had got you to turn around and look into the camera, yeah. they'd be completely different pictures. Yes, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? They'd be... They'd be really posed and contrived, but actually, you're completely absorbed in what you're doing in both those pictures. Yeah, which makes them so lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's like the the picture of me at my birthday with my dad. Yeah. So, how old are you? Let's start with the first one. So, this is a lovely picture that screams seventies, nineteen seventies. Yeah. Uh, how old are you? I that? reckon I am about six in that photo. Five, and that's your birthday. Five or six, yeah, I, I hope it's my birthday. Otherwise, I really have done my brother a disservice. He's my, <laughs> uh, it does, it's a big sign of favouritism when you get to blow out the candles on your brother's birthday. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping it's my birthday. I'm pretty sure it's my birthday, yeah. Do you remember that picture being taken at all? No, I remember those times, though, very vividly. I don't remember that picture. I mean, the, that picture means a lot to me because, like, my dad's no longer with us. And also, yeah. my dad wasn't um, a guy for being in photos particularly, and so um, it's it's it reminds me of of that time of my life. But my dad originally, you know, Sri Lankan, and there's a big Sri Lankan community in London in Crawley, and my the whole time of our lives around then was I just remember um, our house being full filled with uh Sri Lankans and most of them I would say they're legally and <laughs> and just of uh, just really good times do you know what I mean my mum and dad I think part of their thing of of settling into the country was surrounding themselves with people from from back home and they yeah. would sort of they would they would have loads of parties I just remember that time being they were just celebrating something all the time do you know what I mean so at that time right. was my birthday but um there'd be ev every weekend loads of Sri Lankans would descend on our house and we'd have a massive knees up or we'd go to someone else's house. And that, that, that was an amazing, like, you know, I remember that just being a real party time for my parents. Yeah. And, th and what would, how those parties would go is we'd all get together. Um, they'd all, they'd all get smashed and then they would start singing songs from back home. And it was really, I remember finding it hugely embarrassing at the time because they were looking for like percussive instruments, but they didn't have any. Oh wow! So they that would, sounds great. Yeah, so they would just get saucepans and or bins or whatever. And I, oh my well, god! Yeah, a lot, a lot of my sounds uh, like a festival. Well, a lot of my earliest memories of my dad with an upturned bin, just banging it like a drum, going Then everyone else would join in, and I didn't have a, I didn't have a clue what the song was, but that was like. That was, uh, to give you an idea of the, the musical quality of that, I remember yeah. like being a kid and we had a couple of budgies and <laughs> they were having a party and they put a blanket over the budgie so they could sleep and then they had a Sri Lankan sing-along and then the next morning when we took the blanket off, both budgies were dead. So that... Oh, no. <laughs> you, you killed the budgies with the music, with, I don't with the sing-along. I don't know if it's like... They just sort of thought, I can't live in a country where, where the culture's being overtaken like this. I don't know if they just... <laughs> they could have just been super ignorant budgies. I don't know. I w and was the attendees of these parties everyone only exclusively from the Sri Lankan community? Not, so not always. There'd be, you know, we'd sort of, I guess, um, diversity quite has meant that they had to sort of invite taken white people eventually as time went on. But it'd be and like... how did that go? Uh, they always joined in. They did always join in, and it, it, right. uh, it was um, 
I just remember that time being great. Do you know what I mean? It's like that. That was, that was when, I was, That was when my mum and dad were sort of happy. They did, They ended up having like a few relationship issues. Like, well, a lot of like relationship issues later on. But that time, right. to my mind, that was that reminds me of a time when my parents were completely infallible to me. They were com- yeah. they were completely in love. They were having a great time. My dad was yeah. my dad was doing well at work. All of those things. So everything was like teed up. You know, that, that photo to me takes me back to life is great. Do you know what I mean? My mum and dad uh, are in love. We're having parties all the time. My, my dad's doing well. We're spoilt as shit. Do you know what I mean? I remember like all of my best, all of my best birthday and Christmas presents were during that time of my life. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah. Because they were doing so well. So, yeah. It's great. Like when people say sepia photograph, that is a sepia. I mean, yeah. the colour of it is literally a sepia photograph. <laughs> yeah. That would, and, be, and it, that would be a filter now. You'd stick that on there. I'm, I'm, I, opt, I opt for that filter quite a lot on <laughs> yeah, my yeah. phone. I'm trying to co- constantly bring my 70s childhood back. And I, what, and also the textures. I mean, there's so much velvet going on in that picture. Like the curtains seem velvet. The chairs are velvet. Everything. Mm. Your dad's top is velour. Yeah. I mean, he's fully committed to the 70s in that picture. Yeah. And, the, and, and my dad was just... Um, I don't know. I, I think I sort of... I had this in common with my dad. I think my dad was a bit insecure about his appearance especially mm. as like my mum was like my mum my mum has aged very well but my mum was absolutely smoking hot when she was younger and so yeah my, I think my and everyone used to comment on it I think my dad used to get a bit, a bit pissed off of it to be honest with you <laughs> how old your dad there my dad there must have been what 30 33 right 32, did they have kids younger than you had kids yeah yeah, they did, yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny, isn't it, when you think my mum and dad had their kids, in, well, me, not their kids separate from me. It was, in fact, me and my brother. Uh, young, they were, like, in their early 20s, and I had kids in my sort of early, mid-30s. Yeah. And it's just unimaginable that their 20s were dominated by child-rearing. I know, When my 20s I know. were dominated by hedonism. I just can't imagine. I know, but then my dad, my dad became... My dad was basically uh, a sort of party animal for his entire... Life, do you know what I mean? I mean, it, way beyond uh, it being appropriate age-wise, his behaviour. So, right. and I, I wonder if that's partly because of that. Do you know what I mean? Like he sort of settled yeah. down. He settled down early. You know, you think about it, settled down early. My dad, my mum and dad. I mean, my dad was from Colombo in Sri Lanka. But my mum's from a small village, and then my dad came over to England. It must have been. How old were they when they came over? They must have been like. My dad was early twenties. My mum was like nineteen, and so right. you think like. They, it's such a new experience. They're sort of getting used to a new country. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and And also, my mum being from a tiny village, and then suddenly you're thrown into this completely different world. You know, who could blame them for like going for it a bit? Do you know what I mean? I think it must have yeah, been yeah. it must have been quite a mad one. But my dad, my dad, uh, that sort of party lifestyle. I don't think he ever really wanted to leave that behind. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he did. Do you have any of that in you? No, not no. To be honest with you, I sort of. Without getting too, I don't know. Without getting too heavy, my my my, I sort of saw how my dad was and how that affected my mum, and mm. then maybe kind of thought, I don't want to be that. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And not to say that I I sort of was I didn't have fun. I didn't I didn't I didn't have fun. Uh, I well, did. we know you had fun by the next photo, Robert, because <laughs> you're clearly having. A... <laughs> So 
So this is at your house again? This is at my house. And what this is, is I'll tell you what this was. This was a crazy, mate, I was a, I was a goddamn pioneer. Because, mate, what happened was, <laughs> that was at like my, probably my 10th birthday party, right? You are lost in music, mate. You are so in the zone in that picture. So what happened was, is that I'd said to my mum and dad, I don't know where this had come from. Maybe it's from like watching like teen high school movies or something in the 80s. I'd said to my yeah. mum and dad that I want to have a disco, right? Now, this was unheard of amongst... You know, like in birth, with birthday parties, you go through phases, don't you, birthday parties? Yeah. Like everybody had the McDonald's birthday party, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, and all yeah. of that, right? So... Uh, and then I remember there was a phase of my friends where everyone had a Pizza Hut birthday party. Do you know what I mean? And, and so, yeah. And so All this... the chain restaurants did very well at a kids' yes, party. Yes, yeah. They, but this was the first time that I'd been a pioneer. Nobody had, nobody in my peer group was having disco parties, right? And I said, well, to... no, because people, kids are like, they can't think, you know, they don't want loads of people in their house. No, and... no. But... but your dad's a role model for party time. Oh, so no. you were like, yeah. So, yeah. so I'd, said to, I'd said to my mum and dad, I want to have a disco. So they're like, all right. So they 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 phoned around and um, hired this disco this DJ to come. This that, this guy after that party, yeah, he must have done every single kid in my year group's birthday. It was like it took off. But the, the, I remember it being really. He was just the king of Crawley after. Yeah, this. I remember it being quite controversial because the party finished at nine in the evening. It was like six. Whoa. Because we didn't for want to... For 10-year-olds, that that's nearly an all-nighter, isn't it, yeah, really? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was like we had to take uppers and stuff to sort of... To, to, keep, <laughs> to keep on it what all the way the to music? the What was the music? What was the soundtrack? What year are we talking? Jesus, so... How, what, so, 88, this was. Okay. So... Uh, was there any hip-hop? Because I know... No. Had you discovered hip-hop by then? No. So, there was no, like, early hip-hop? No. Uh, no, it, it, it would have been just all pure sort pop. of cheese. Just pure pop. Yeah. And that girl in the background of that photo yeah. uh, is a girl called Sarah Elliott. And um, I was absolutely head over heels in love with that girl. Was I it mean, reciprocated? Because no. she looks like she's not looking at you. No, 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 it was It was very much... She looks like she's much... looking at someone behind the camera, just out of shot. I don't know if you can tell, but it still hurts. I, yeah, I, I, can, I, I can sense it. She was, she was the first... I, I was so in love with that girl. And wow. I remember, like... So I <clears throat> we ended up going to different schools and we kept in touch. Uh, I, I, we used to write letters to each other and I remember once I wanted to try and escalate it. I wanted to turn this into... This is incredibly impressive for a 10, 11-year-old to start letter writing. Yeah, well, I think it's a sign of how desperate I was. Do you know what I mean? That, that's yeah, but of... she, if she wrote back, she must have had strong feelings for you. Well, she did write back, but I think she very much saw it as, a, I don't know, like a, an English exercise. A learning opportunity. Yeah, I really do think that's what it was. <laughs> because one day... I decided I was going to try and push it on a level and I phoned her and mm. her reaction to me phoning her uh, was not positive. I mean, it was one Go of on. the most awkward... Well, I just I, phoned, I said to her, oh, hi, Sarah. Um, I know we've been writing letters, but I thought I'd just phone you up to, to have a chat. Mm. And uh, she was sort of like, oh, why? It was, wow. it was nice we were doing the letters. And I go, yeah, it was. How are you anyway? She went, yeah, yeah, no, good. Good. It, she wasn't. She wasn't. Quite, she wasn't ready to move it onto that. She platform. wasn't quite she was happy as. With... Yeah, she wasn't quite as verbose on the phone. 
if she was in the letters, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but letter writing suits different personality. Clearly she was in her element with the letter writing. Yeah. Um, she was sort of channeling a sort of Bronte, like the word, you know, the written word. Yeah. And then you went and ruined it by calling her on a to, on the landline. To be fair to her, she had seen me wet myself in front of her. I, 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 I'd, uh, well, that might have been the thing that sealed it rather than the phone call, Romesh, because that's quite an important piece of information, isn't it? <laughs> you know? That you pissed yourself. <laughs> It was, it was... You, you didn't offer that up early doors, did you, with the relationship? No, well, well, she, what, we were on a school trip to France. Yeah. And um, I, I, we were on, the, we're on our way home, so we're getting a, we've got a minibus from wherever the place was to the, to the airport. And during that trip, uh, our teachers had warned us not to drink too much because it was a long drive, right? And I ignored yeah. that advice because I was a fucking rebel. <laughs> and um, I was drinking, but also chatting to Sarah. And it really was um, going brilliantly. And uh, and then as we sort of arrived at the airport, I started to need to go quite badly. Um, but yeah. I thought I could hold on. And then um, it, it happened in the most embarrassing way possible, really. We got into the airport. I was absolutely desperate. I said, I need the toilet. Oh, God. She said, the toilet's over there. That one of the teachers said the toilet's over there. And so they queued up to check in and the toilet was sort of near check-in. And as I put my hand on the toilet door, the outside of the toilet door at the airport, my body went, you've made it. And I just stood there and pissed myself at the door of the toilet. And this was witnessed by Sarah and everyone? It was witnessed by the whole group and all the staff. Oh, is this is is defining, life-defining, (laughs) personality-defining... So how old? What, 10, 11? Yeah, it was around that time. Oh, mate. (laughs) This is this is part of who you are. And then Sarah was witness to this, as were the rest of the oh, group were. Well, there's the, no way back. My there's suitcase no back. being brought over to me so that I could take it into the toilet, clean myself up, clean and yourself I came up. out in a different pair of trousers. I came out a different person. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way Sarah could ever love you back after everyone witnessed you piss yourself. There's just no way, she, well, unless she was made of strong stuff. Well, I think the, the problem is there, it's, I, I totally get it, it's peer pressure, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it's she could not, I, I'd been tainted then. You know, like when have some yeah. kids, Jimmy, it's so horrible, isn't it, when some kids just had, you just call them, that you just say they had scabies, or they had the... Yeah, absolutely, the and it'd be vain nights every time. Yeah, yeah and nobody would ever go near them. I'd basically given myself that. I'd contracted... Yeah, I mean, that's terrible. I mean, there's yeah. a kid at my daughter's school that shat himself in PE, right. and I still worry about that kid. Yeah. He did it over two years ago, and I'm still like, how's that kid that shat himself? There's no way back. I mean, that's like, leave the country territory. Well, I mean, but mate, we, we drop our kids off at school now. There was a guy, a dad, that said hello to Lisa at the school gate, and then he yeah. walked off and she goes you know he shit himself at school when I went to school with him and I was like oh my wow. god that's still there we are. that's it you're still hanging on to that he will always be that yeah. person yeah. apparently to be <laughs> fair so- it, to be fair it was weird because he sort of left it under the table in the middle of the classroom oh, and then tried to that's... sort of so he, he has taken it a step above but for him... well there is some comfort that you didn't shit yourself and that <laughs> It was just. Yeah. I don't think you know, Sarah. I don't think Sarah. I don't think Sarah would have accepted that if I'd have said to her, "But I didn't shit myself." <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, no. It's well, it's a difficult conversation. Did you and Sarah ever kiss? Was there ever no, any? No, nothing happened at that party. Um, I was. I that 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 photo. I don't know if you can tell, but that is me really trying to impress her. 
Oh, like, I I'm can really, tell, mate. I can really tell. I'm really, really trying to throw down in that photo. And, yeah. Um, I bet you were totally lost in music there. Was there slow dances? Yes, but what happened during the slow dances at a disco is that everyone would sit down on opposite sides of the room, like a gender, in a gender split. Oh, okay. So all the yeah, girls yeah, would yeah. sit down, all the boys would sit down, and then occasionally one of the... Girls are much more mature than boys, so occasionally one of them would go, should we just dance? And then the boys would go, no, no, no. It was, it was you know, that, yeah. never, that never really happened. It was Okay. Uh, um, and what you... So you went to middle school together and then you both went to different secondary schools? Yeah, and she... Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not in touch with her anymore. I, if if she did get bent up, if she did get back in touch with me, and if she does hear this, I would leave Lisa in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I love just the total <laughs> lack of shame, guilt, or apology. Listen, I can tell you now, she will not want you after that pissing incident. She, it, you will never. She will never love you. And if she does want you, I'd be very suspicious of her motives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think if she did agree to be with me now, I would have to question. I would have to say, I don't think I want to be with you. I, I don't think yeah. I want to be with someone that wants to be with me after that. That's yeah, the truth no, and anyway, it. as I said, you can tell from the picture she's looking at the bloke in the green lumberjack shirt. <laughs> I don't even. Do you know, what? I don't even know who that prick is. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd zoned him out so much. I'd love to know what track you're dancing to there. <laughs> It'd be Michael Jackson or something like that, would it? It would probably... I think it would be... Michael Jack... I mean, I'm just... I'm, try, I'm trying to see if I can ascertain from the move. But again, it is another picture where you are not aware that the picture's being taken, which, as I said, it makes it doubly brilliant because it, you're not posing. You're just totally absorbed. Well, Who I, do you reckon took it? Do you think your mum took it? I think my mum almost certainly took it. Uh, probably yeah. both to capture the moment... And uh, maybe to show it to me later, to, to, to say to me that she doesn't want me to end up with a white woman. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what her motives were for that photograph. Uh, I do love that photograph. And I just think now, with smartphones and everything like that, the equivalent, the modern equivalent of that moment, especially as a parent, is that that would have been videoed. That would have been a six-minute video that would have been inflicted on a WhatsApp group and then loads of people would have had to have watched it and in, it's not necessary. We can have the joy of this moment without a yeah. video. Although I would say that, you know, those, those Sri Lankan parties went on for quite a while. And my brother and right. I went through this phase in kind of our early teens of like thinking we were quite, you know, th you obviously think you're quite cool, don't you? We used to go up, go to those parties and they moved mm. from people's houses. So they, they started hiring like community centres. Right. And um, I remember going to one of those and we'd, we'd like throw down, they'd start playing a bit of hip hop. We'd throw down to a bit of hip hop. Anyway, my mum found a video of, of us at one of those parties. And yeah. the video of my brother dancing... Um, is something that I don't think will ever stop being rewarding. I mean, it's so. <laughs> is he break dancing? He's sort of just. Tr he's trying to break dance, but hasn't obviously watched or learned any break dancing. I, 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 well, I think you've just reminded me of one of my favourite <laughs> 80s or 90s memories is boys ch trying to break. I remember boys at school discos trying to do the caterpillar and spin oh on their God, back. Oh my God, just repeatedly smashed. It looked like they were having a seizure. Oh, it's incredible. Just repeatedly smashing their young genitals into the floor <laughs> yes. where they couldn't safely perform the caterpillar. Just... <laughs> just a health and safety just, nightmare. It's supposed to be noiseless, but what you would just hear is bang, bang, bang. 
as their pelvis just slams into the ground over and over again. Was everyone standing around them in one of those like group uh, egg-ons? Yeah. It was so good. It was Because oh. once you've established a group of people standing around you watching and clapping, you've just got to commit. You've just got to keep, keep going. It was, oh. um, it was so good. It was so good. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How old are you in this next picture? Uh, this this next picture, I am. I reckon twenty eight years old. Do I look twenty eight? Oh, it's quite a jump. We've gone from ten. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so your teens are just shrouded in mystery. Yeah, there weren't many photos. The truth is, is that um, when I got into my teens, like life sort of went quite tits up to be honest with you so um for my mum and dad like the house got repossessed my dad my dad I'm sort of laughing about it it's not that funny but uh my dad went to prison and so like uh, that that whole section of our life isn't actually that well documented to be honest with you because well yeah that's I mean that's what I mean you've got people tend to take pictures for happy yeah my mum didn't go I really want to capture this bed and breakfast that the council have put us in no, or let's go and take some pictures of your dad yeah, in prison. It's just not let's traditionally. Go to, let's go to Ford Open Prison and try and capture some of these golden memories. <laughs> no, absolutely, I get that. So this picture now is a happy memory, I take it. No, it's not particularly because, like, oh. well, it is a happy memory, but that 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 is um, that was when we we're back on the. My my mum and dad had, had sorted themselves out, and it was uh, it was all good. But that was right. I had moved back in with my mum and dad, um, but I was. So a... this is after uni. You you're already yeah. teaching. You teaching? I'm by teaching. Now? This is I'm teaching in this photo, not in uh-huh. this photo, but um, 
this is me on my way to school uh, as a teacher. My mum, um, I, I was living with my mum and dad, and mm-hmm. my mum uh, was so excited that she was dropping me at school that yeah. she she wanted to commemorate with a photo. So I don't know if you can tell from that photo, but I'm utterly pissed off. No, I can't tell that she's, that she's taking the photo. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely. Uh, yeah, you're making it furious. very clear. She'd have been better off sticking with her other formula of just taking the back of your head. <laughs> so I just didn't want that commemorated, really. And there's a couple. Are you of glad things. she took it? Because you're now offering it. You're like, it, oh yeah, it I mean, it's, it's been. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's nice to. Um, it's it's nice to to be able to have something to talk about to you, Kerry. So in that way, it was it was worth it. Um, but the, 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 the part of the problem with that that time of my life is I was really enjoying teaching. Actually, I was really I was really into it. Um, yeah. but, but I was conscious of the fact that um, that anything could end you in the in the eyes of the students that you were teaching, right? And so at that point, I was a teacher who was living with his mum and dad, and my mum was dropping me off to school as a teacher. <laughs> now, if you... Yeah, that's not So, so I, I remember that day, I think it might have been the first day that my mum was dropping me off. Maybe my car... I think I'd like... Um, for some reason, I hadn't got a car at that point. And so my mum was dropping me off to school and mm-hmm. um, I asked her to drop me off down the road. And she said, Why? And I said, I find it embarrassing to have my mum drop yeah. me off at school when I'm a student. Can you yeah. imagine what would happen to me and my <laughs> career if kids I was teaching saw me get out of my mum's car? How can Absolutely. you... I, if, she must have understood no. what you were... No. What? No, she didn't. Why? That's the situation. That's, uh, that's what your life is. <laughs> Come uh, kids on. need to accept it. Wow. She was annoyed about no, it. I remember on. her being annoyed about it. But, like, if, honestly, if a single kid... This, had, this is how, this is how uh, <laughs> tense I found it. If a single kid had seen me get out of my mum's car, I would have walked into school and tendered my immediate resignation. There, there's yeah, abs- there's absolutely no other option. Absolutely. I complete, I'm surprised that she doesn't understand... Because uh, she's very protective of you, isn't she, when you were teenager and stuff like didn't she sort of like attack some teenagers with a handbag to uh yeah. to protect you what were they doing to you beating you up or bullying you or something no they weren't even bullying me they were mates of mine it was this thing at the the school that, I, that we had where like i don't know if you had this at your school but if um it was your birthday um you get egged that was like a tradition. It's like your uh, mates would throw, an egg, would throw eggs no, at you. No, not so. Egging was usually end of term. That right. was when the eggs so came I, out. I think it was a tradition. I mean, they didn't do it with any of the other kids. <laughs> but they told me it was a tradition. No, they, it, just, it genuinely was. They just do it with the kids that piss themselves <laughs> on their way back from a French <laughs> yeah. trip. Here you go, piss pants, have an egg. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was genuinely like, if it was your birthday, you were on right. a high risk. Right, I see. Of getting but she egg. didn't understand. She didn't know that. So she thought they were attacking you with eggs. Well, I ran, basically, we ma- I'd made it through the whole day without getting eggs. And so we got yeah. to the school gates and my mum used to pick me up from down the bottom of the school drive or whatever. So that's a running theme anyway, her yes. picking you up and dropping yeah. you off. Right. And then, um, and so I sprinted down away from my mates 
and yeah. um, got to the car. And as I ran up to the car, my mum panicked when she saw me running, jumped out oh, of the God. car. And as my mates came around, she just started beating the shit out of them, like properly. You leave my son alone, you bastards! And just started like oh, wow. battering and them. And you with couldn't say, look, no, it's it's a laugh. It, well, I mates. did, but she. But by that time, the red mist had descended. Do you know what I mean? Wow. She was like, you know when I. So I, she is very protective of you. Extremely protective. Yeah, she's. Extre- is she so, still? Yeah, like, so, for example, I posted up a thing from some show I'd just done and, mm. um, on, on Instagram, and then my mum phoned me up and she said, um, uh, Ramesh, can you tell me how to find the addresses of people who are posting on Instagram? And I said, <laughs> uh, why? And she said, a couple of people said that they didn't think your show was funny. I want to tell them what I think. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, mum, oh, you've got to ignore that. Like, that's just... Brilliant. <laughs> That's but just... that's perfect because when you want to come back to, the, to those people, but you know you can't, <laughs> but you've got your mum to do it for you. That's fantastic. Uh, my mum gets really, she gets really, she cannot deal with the fact that with this job, you get criticism. She can't, she doesn't, she can't get her head around it. She doesn't understand yeah, yeah, why yeah. you'd accept it. Well, I can believe she wouldn't understand it because she didn't understand why you wouldn't want to be dropped at school as a grown man who's a teacher. So we're seeing a pattern with her emotional understanding of your needs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So do you ever miss teaching? I was. I really enjoyed the bit of teaching that was being in the classroom. But everything else about it, I hated, and I was shit at. Right, so it was like a gig. It was basically yeah, you enjoyed the, yeah. the gig so, site. So like when I used to have like work appraisals, they would always say, you're good in the classroom and you're good with the kids, but yeah. you are as terrible with everything else to do with the job as you are good in the classroom. Like I would just... Right. My marking was, was awful. Um, I wouldn't stay across paperwork. I didn't know. Sometimes I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't even be following the curriculum properly. Like you know, like all sorts of you know. So basic you'd have shit. probably suited teaching in a different time. Oh, because mate. often yeah. people I know who teach or have taught in the past said it all changed. What in the eighties, nineties, and it all became yeah. much more admin and paperwork and prep and regulated or whatever. Whereas for for generations, people were just like charismatic in the classroom, and yeah. that was enough. That would have been that. Listen, if that had happened, if I was teaching then, yeah. that would have been my era. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, charismatic guy Chips. with charismatic guy with no real kind of technical ability or yeah. or educational qualities for the kids. Yes, please. That's what I'm about. <laughs> kids possibly getting dumber as a result of being in his classroom. Yes, please. That's me. <laughs> Are you When that picture was taken, have you already got aspirations to go into comedy? No, no. no so yet. when did that happen? That happened, I reckon, maybe a year after that photo was taken. Oh, okay. But like, but even, even... When I started doing comedy, I still didn't have aspirations of going into comedy. My my thing was I was going to be a teacher who did stand up as a hobby. As a hobby, I wasn't right. like trying to run away from teaching. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking I want to give this up and chase my dreams as a comic. It wasn't that at because all. you were happy as a teacher. I was delighted, you know, and I and I was like, I think I would have got found out at some point because I was quite I was quite um, an ambitious teacher, so. I'd got to become, so very quickly I'd become assistant head of sixth form and then I became head of sixth form very soon. I, you know, I kind of got, yeah. I kind of made my way through the ranks fairly quickly. But that was, that was going to unravel at some point because I was so shit at the admin side of it and the kind of managerial side of it. Yeah. 
that I really was flying by the seat of my pants. I think if I'd have, if I'd have carried on much longer, I would have got found out, and there would have been like a horrific unmasking. It would have probably been a right. news story. It turns out this guy's got no record of anyone he's taught for the last five years, do you know what I mean, or something like that. So <laughs> was you with Lisa by the time you started comedy? Yeah, in fact, it was Lisa that uh, kind of gave me the... sort of said to me, why don't you just give it a go? And, and, so, and do you remember handing in your notice to the school and saying, I'm going to become a clown, yeah, essentially? I, yeah, I do, I, do, I do remember, because I was with... Um, I was with a different agent at that time and yeah. I, I was having a, and they'd said to me, you, you can't, you're not going to be able to properly give comedy a go unless you leave your job. And so, um, so I remember like handing in my notice and um, you have to obviously have to give it quite a bit in advance. You have to do it like a term in advance or whatever. So I gave yeah. him my notice, I think in the September or no, sorry, in the half term. So that would have been October or something with a view to leaving at Christmas. So, um, and was you scared? Yeah, to be honest with you, it got it all got thrown up in the air because, like, three days before I was due to leave, my dad passed away suddenly of a heart attack, and so oh. and so what happened was is that I went into a period of not having any income from teaching, yeah, but also trying to figure out what to do about my mum and stuff like you know it was like a, it was a really oh wow it was a really messed up way to start to start a comedy career, really, because you just sort of think, well, I've got to look after my mum here and I've got to figure out what's going on. My dad's finances were completely screwed. So it's right. like... So my... to go into a self-employment and a precarious oh, industry was, when it... you had a solid job in teaching... Yeah, it was it was awful. And it was also awful for my relationships with my, my brother and my mum, in a way. My mum was very good. Did my they mu- support your decision? Yes. They, they did. My, yeah, they did. My mum very much so. And my brother did mm. as well. But the reason I sort of hesitated there is because when um, when my dad passed away, we, we had a lot of stuff to do to try and um, help my mum. And because I was dealing with that as well as trying to figure out how I was going to pay the bills at home, I sort of, my brother felt like I wasn't being as supportive at home with my mum as I could have been. And I think looking right. back on it, he's probably right. But... Um, but at the same time, I was shitting myself because I didn't know I didn't know what yeah, to do about. Yeah, you made a massive jump. Yeah, and it was like it was just like the timing of it. I think the timing of my dad's death. But what I mean is, it was sort of a bit of a perfect. Was it a shock your dad's death? Or did it come out of nowhere? You could say it was a shock because it was a heart attack. But my dad yeah. frequently deep fried boiled eggs and smoked. So <laughs> you know, to be fair, to say it was a complete yeah. shock would be naive in the extreme. I mean, his yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. His lifestyle was not conducive to not dying of a heart attack. Let's put it that way. Do you know what I mean? So, but you don't preempt that when you're. No, you absolutely know. not. No, absolutely not. Have you got the next picture? Because your mum sent in the next picture. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. Sorry. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh my God! It's a great picture, isn't it? Oh <laughs> uh, wow! Do you know where you are? In this picture. Yeah, so we're at my mum and dad's house. Um, yes. That So that is me, my dad, my mum, my brother, and my dad's older brother is in that photo. Which, uh, one's, which one's your dad? So which my dad's the, the one in the blue shirt, and my uncle right. is the one in the yellow shirt. Right. Um, and that, that, they've, both, they've both since passed away, but my uncle, that uncle, my dad's older brother, he was... Um, 
we used to love him visiting because he was super rich. Like, I don't know if you can right. tell. He that, looks like a gangster. Yeah, I mean, he looks yeah. like the Godfather's turned up. Yeah. Is that a medallion or glasses? I think that's, uh, I, I think that's glasses, which sort <laughs> right. of undermines it a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, but he was, like, super rich. So whenever he'd turn up, whenever we used to go visit him in Sri Lanka or whenever he used to come uh-huh. to England, he would, like, honestly, he would take you to a shop and he would go, what would you like? And I remember being young and, like, him taking me to a toy shop and going, what would you like? And oh, wow. I would go, I would quite like that. But then, and he would buy that, but then he would also buy anything I looked at. Do you know what I mean? And so, oh my, so total daddy warbuck. Was did he have kids? Uh, he did not at that time. He didn't. But he did. He so didn't he have, was he just spoiling you because you were the yeah, nephews. It was, yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was really amazing. Oh wow! Um, that photo. You look so happy in that picture, and now I understand yeah. um, why. Because a... you've just probably been treated to loads of lovely things, and know that there's more coming. Yes, I think that's probably <laughs> what it was. My dad used, to, my, but he also used to have quite a bad temper, and um, my dad used to. Um, he used to worry that we were going to upset him. I remember once he had quite a weird laugh. He sort of laughed a bit like Eddie Murphy. (laughs) And I remember we were out for dinner once and my uncle laughed and then just instinctively I impersonated it. And my dad, my dad looked at me like, are you fucking insane? Wow. Um, And how did that go? It just was quiet for like about a minute. And then uh, did he do that. the laugh or did... No, he didn't. It was just a bit right. awkward for a while after oh, that. Oh, God. Um, yeah, don't risk um, the toy shop trips with yeah. a bit of satire. Um, in that photo, two things notable about my appearance. Uh, yeah. One is that I'm wearing a machino gilet. Well, thank God you're cut out of frame so I can't <laughs> tell it's a gilet. Otherwise, I would have gone in hard with gilet bags. I absolutely loved that gilet. So much so that I'd wear it with stuff that wasn't suitable. For example, there's no reason to be wearing that with that roll neck jumper. Um, no. No, but... Um, Sartorially, there's a lot of crime going on. Yeah. Um, so I was at uni uh, at that time. So I must have come back from uni to see my uncle. Um, okay. And that gilet, I lent... My mates all loved it, and they're constantly borrowing it off me. One uh-huh. of my friends borrowed it from me and got a fag burn right in the back of it. Um, and I was so devastated yeah. that I took it to, like, this dry cleaner's place, and they fixed it for me, but it just sort of... They didn't really fix no, it properly. Yeah. It just sort of went you up. Won't. Yeah, it was... Especially it, if it's a puffer. Is it a puffer? Yeah, it's a puffer, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't come back from a rip in a puffer. It's over. Yeah. Um, the other thing about my parents... I don't... Couldn't you get your uncle to just buy you another one? Well, I think that's probably why I was wearing it around him, so that you would notice. Uh, and then nice maybe, get, but, but it didn't happen. The other thing about my parents is, I don't know if you can tell from the quality of this photograph, but um, I actually, um, at that stage, I was waxing my hair into Darth Maul-style spikes. <laughs> I can tell. Now you say, I can, I can uh, see that. That was that. I, I genuinely, as I look at that, I just <laughs> you can't. Honestly, it was. So, what's happened there is I've not had my hair cut for a while, and I'm still right. doing it. So it doesn't really work. But I'm still doesn't clinging work. onto the hairstyle. You fully committed to the Darth Maul because you've got the red and black thing going on as well. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's You've bad. really gone for that. I really, honestly, that was the time of my life that I thought that hairstyle was the absolute bollocks. I really yeah. did think it was incredible. But we've all got really... I mean, if I look back to the hairstyles I was sporting at various chapters of my life, yeah. it's really embarrassing. Hair is such a giveaway 
you know, I had perms mm. and bleached, bleached the front of my hair and all kinds of things. And I look back and think, why wasn't there an intervention? Why? <laughs> I had friends. I had people that claimed to love me. Why did no one say, you've got to pack this in? Yeah. You've got to stop doing that to your hair. Yeah. If those people in that picture really loved you, they would have said to you, what oh, are you no. doing with your hair? Well, if we really loved my mum, I think we would have told her not to dress like a member of the Adams family as well, though. Similarly. I think your mum looks fantastic in She's this She's got photograph. this vampish kind of thing going on there, hasn't this she? This top is brilliant. Yeah, she loved... Uh... Loved a bit of cleavage, my mum, in her younger years. Not so much now. Yeah, Thank- she's definitely sporting a bit of cleavage, Thank- but that's a fabulous neckline. Yes, yeah, she's absolutely smashed that, yeah. That is a great picture. So this was like uh, a party? Was it one of your parties? No, this was just us. About My uncle was obsessed with Marks and Spencers. Right. Um, so this was us probably about to go to Marks and Spencers. I loved Where- that. Yeah. Like because I feel like that about Marks and Spencers, mm. so I wish I'd taken a picture every time there was a family well, trip. To Marks and Spencers in Sri Lanka is revered so highly. Why? I don't know. It's just like seen as the peak, the absolute pinnacle of of British retail. Yeah, well, it sort of is, isn't it? It's yeah. the Citizens Advice Bureau for retail. Isn't yeah. it? it's a very there's a sort of municipal <laughs> solid <laughs> loveliness about yeah. Eminus. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. So the next picture, I assume, is so. Is we have you got the picture with you and um, your mum and Lisa and, yes. and your kids? Yes, I've got that. Yeah. This is a great picture. Where is this, Lazu? Where's Lazu like? Lazu is. Oh, um, Lazu. Yeah, some people pronounce it Lazu. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought Lazu would might be somewhere in Crawley, like a shopping centre. Oh, we went down the Lazu. <laughs> Got our picture taken at the Christmas tree at the Lazoo. Um, LA Zoo. Yeah, LA Zoo. So it's way cooler than Lazoo in Crawley. That was So that photo was taken just before Christmas in 2017. You really committed to the Christmas jumpers. Well, that's Lisa's thing, that is. Um, that's, okay. that's nothing to do with me. Lisa has this thing where she always wants us to... Um, she always wants us to wear matching Christmas jumpers at Christmas. So the reason I picked this photo is because this day was just before absolute carnage. Because 
what happened was is that we had been so the reason we're in LA is that we were filming a documentary a comedy documentary for Showtime out there called uh, yeah. Just Another Immigrant which about six people watched in total I think but um <laughs> but so that whole thing was about me relocating to America and trying to sell out the Greek theatre in LA and so, so to break America to break America yeah and so I'd managed to convince Lisa and the kids to come out there and it was a massive upheaval of their lives and they were very good and, and Lisa was incredibly supportive about the whole thing. But yeah. just before this photo had been taken, I had... It was a such... I, I really was conscious of the fact that I'd put Lisa through a lot. She'd, she'd moved to LA... She yeah. brought the kids with her. She'd been homeschooling. So you took the kids out of school? Took the kids out of school. We were all in America. Totally not worth it, in hindsight, because <laughs> nobody watched that show, right? And um, and Lisa doesn't want to be on TV anyway, so she was in that show as well. We'd been doing loads of filming. My mum was living with us for the entire duration. My uncle right. was living in the garage. I mean, it was it was... And wow. It was almost like I was trying to split up with Lisa, but didn't have the guts to tell her. <laughs> and so I wanted to put her through... Such a horrendous experience that she would just pull the trigger on it. And then that day, just before that day, I'd been away for a few days with my uncle and mum because we'd, we were trying to think of, as part of the show, we were trying to think of publicity stunts to get people to come and see me, right? So right. one of the publicity stunts that we'd come up with was that we went to the Mexican border and we started building Trump's wall, right? With a yeah. view to knocking it down as a, as a, as a symbol of our opposition to the to the policy, right? So we thought okay. this would be a funny thing. So we've yeah. gone to Calexico, which is on the Mexican border, and we've gone to start building this wall. And we got this building company to create this wall, and the whole thing was I was going to do a, a big a big PR stunt in front of the wall. We're going to knock it down, and it's going to be amazing, right? So what happened was we went to Calexico, we started building the wall, and then we got basically told to shut down the filming because people on the other side of the border, Mexicans, had seen us building the wall and thought that Trump had actually genuinely started and it had kicked off a big thing, right? So oh then God. so we were So you're upsetting people. Yeah, so we were we were out we were out doing this wall and then the executive producer just comes driving out. Just it was fucking amazing. Like a movie. Just comes out and goes, You gotta shut down now! You gotta <laughs> shut down now. Border Patrol, you gotta shut this down. Like just everyone starts losing their shit. They said if you do not shut down, the police will be here within three hours, and they're gonna shut this down permanently. So we're like, oh my god, oh my god. So then we decided that we were gonna um, we were gonna get whatever we could in the time remaining before the police might show up. Right. So right. we we organised the wall being knocked down and all this stuff. And it got picked up by TMZ. I ended up doing an interview with TMZ about this whole thing. And it was like, it was an, a mad experience. Mm. But, and then I came back um, and came back to LA. And Lisa had been with the kids on her own in LA. She's got no friends there. Do you know what I mean? She's been on her own sort of while we've been doing this. So she was probably, I would say, stressed, right? <laughs> so, so. That's this, very astute of you, Robert. Yeah, so she, she was. <laughs> she, I think. So she, she was, was stressed. stressed. And. <laughs> Where we'd been, um, and my uncle, um, my uncle had been a little bit kind of, um, she, I think it'd been Where get... was your uncle in the garage? So it was part of the show. Basically, my uncle was kind of helping me break America and he was living I in see. the garage. That was kind of, it was all part of the thing, right? So my, um, so we'd gone off to LA Zoo and Lisa was like, it was looking like I wasn't going to make it in time to go to LA Zoo. And Lisa had been looking to this trip as like, 
the family time that we were going to have at the end of this quite challenging... The last hope yeah. for you as a family. Exactly, at exactly. Christmas. Yeah. So we turned up. I turned up just in time. We headed off to LA Zoo and we had this time. And this photo is in the middle of us having this family time at the end of quite, near the end of quite a stressful period of our lives, right? Yeah. After that trip to LA Zoo, we went home and my uncle came in and he said, <laughs> he said, Rubbish! We've got to go to the doctor. I've been, I've been coughing because we've been on the, in the desert. Like, it sort of affected our breathing a bit. And he got, I've been coughing. We need to go to the hospital now. We need to go to the doctor. Come on, mate. We've got to go. And Lisa absolutely lost her shit. I mean, absolutely. It was honestly, mate. She'd been so chilled out and calm. And wow. my uncle coming into the house <laughs> to demand immediate medical attention was what she needed to absolutely fucking go... She was like, fuck she this. She went insane. Why haven't you wow. got medical attention up to this point? Why are you waiting for us to arrive? We're just trying to have a nice day at LA Zoo and now, now we've come back and now we've got to go to the hospital because you apparently can't do it yourself. Oh, my God. It was absolutely insane. And all I So did, you know where her breaking point is, specifically. Yeah, you know I know now, now that, my, that my wife's breaking point is when you've been at the Mexican border to build Trump's <laughs> wall... And you return a bit late and your uncle requires medical attention. That is yeah. the tipping point for my wife. She, do you, would you say she does put up with quite yeah. a lot? I, I, I would say she puts up with a lot, yeah. In terms of, in terms of me sort of uh, being busy and then also being useless when I'm not busy. Do you know what I mean? Right. So it's that combination of things that I think, uh, you know, she's a hero. She's a modern yeah. day hero and that is her that so that looks like an idyllic photo yes that's what i mean like that is why i'm going back to what we talked about at the beginning about photographs and everyone's obsession with recording their lives yeah. and all the fomo that photos yeah. can evoke and whatever yeah that picture if that was on social media everyone would be like romish is living the dream look at how happy him and yeah. his family he's having the are. time of his life in lazo and everyone would project and be like oh he's so happy and they're all so perfect and happy and now we know it's bullshit that there's so much yeah. anger and tension under this the, the picture. Whole, the whole rest of us, the whole rest of that evening was us trying to pull a good time out of the arsehole of complete disaster. And do also you, know I mean? you do that for kids, don't you? Like, yeah. it seems like your kids look happy yeah. to me. I the, mean, do, did they enjoy LA Zoo? They loved it. They loved it because they're completely unaware of the, the politics going on behind it, which yeah. is that mummy and daddy are about to get divorced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you always do these things to keep it together yeah. for the kids. I mean, look, it, it, you do not want to have a family breakdown in matching jumpers. That is <laughs> yeah, not absolutely not. That is that is, not that is something that your kids are going to be definitely talking about to a counsellor. And I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing the lights twinkling on Santa's nose on her jumper as she said, "I'm leaving you." <laughs> Did you like LA? <laughs> to be honest, I prefer Crawley. To well. LA. That, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? That you will never, you will never leave Crawley. No. That you, so you even floated the possibility of a life in LA, <laughs> and you just rejected it for Crawley. Yeah. Moving on to your next picture, it's fair to say you're, there's a lot of uh, sac that, that does involve too much sacrifice. You have a pretty good career, here, Ramesh. <laughs> I love this picture. So that photo I'm in Mongolia. And um, this is part of the travel show, Misadventures of Ramesh Ranganathan. And that is like, that is the second series of that show. Um, and 
we part so part of that show Mongolia. I don't know if you know anything about Mongolia. I didn't know anything about it apart from no. apart from Genghis Khan, really. But but Mongolia is one of the. It's the most sparsely populated country in the world, right? So you're properly wow. you're properly in the middle of nowhere, and that um, that eagle hunting was um, that was us spending some time with some nomads in Mongolia, and yeah. um, and getting involved in um, in seeing what eagle hunting was all about. Now the day before I, we met the eagle hunters, we were we were out in this really remote part of Mongolia. And we'd just taken the Trans-Siberian Express like, overnight. And, oh, man, uh, that must have been amazing. No, it was one of the worst nights of my life, oh, actually. Um, why? It was... Because it was... I, I said to them, I said to the production crew, right, and I, I, look, I'm, slightly, I'm slightly giving you a peek behind the curtain here, because um, in the show, like that, every episode of the show, we have a local co-host who sort of accompanies me throughout the trip, right? So our co-host, he and I were filming in this carriage on the train. And when we finished filming for the night, the production crew said, the director said to me, we've only got two carriages here. We've only got two um, rooms. So the director and the producer are going to have to bunk in with you. And I said, this has got to be the only production I've ever heard of where the off-camera conditions are worse than the on-camera ones. Because, <laughs> because people assume when you watch a travel show that you get whisked off to a hotel afterwards. Yeah. What happened yeah. is they went, okay, we're wrapped for the night, and then two other pricks came into the room to share that tiny room with that us. That is not acceptable. Horrendous. But the day, so the day before, on that day of like going to see those eagle hunters, the night before, we'd had to drive out to go and see them. And you're in the middle of these planes... And there are no, uh, there are no landmarks. There are no discerning features in the land. It's just flat with some mountains or hills in the background. But it's pretty mm. fucking nondescript. Yeah. And we were driving in these weird, like jeep vehicles that all smelt of fuel inside. They definitely weren't okay. And right. about two hours into the drive from this tiny town, it was pitch black, and the driver said. This is where the village. This is where the tents are supposed to be, and they weren't, right? Um, and so, they basically said, we were basically lost in the middle of nowhere, and GPS doesn't work, right? They were just well. Counting. There's nothing. I mean, there are no landmarks. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. So the driver goes, "I'm not sure what to do now," and I said, "Well, I don't know what you're oh. telling me because I'm less sure than you are, mate." <laughs> it was and absolutely. Then, so what? And then they just emerged. Like these hunters Mate, just emerged. We kept, we kept driving, we kept driving. And the director and the producer are obviously not wanting me to genuinely start panicking because they can't, you know, they, they, they want the panic to be TV manageable, right? Yeah, they want comedy panic. Yeah, but they're starting to shit themselves as well now at this stage, right? Uh, because yeah. it's looking very likely that we're going to die out here. Right, yeah. so, so we're sort of just driving around. We've got, we can't see anything else. God. And I promise you, at the point where I think everybody in the vehicle was going to start crying, we just suddenly saw a tent. And, and it was not through oh design. It was not through any kind of change of strategy. It was just, let's keep driving across Mongolia and hope for the best. <laughs> Until we find a tent. <laughs> and, and Until we find that, something we can make a television programme And at that of. point, we didn't even care if it was a tent we were supposed to be seeing. If it, if, it yeah. was, if, it was an, if it was a different encampment, we were going to slaughter the inhabitants 
and, and take the camp over. It was insane. So in terms of like all the trips and travels you've done, you couldn't have come with a more contrasting experience from LA to remote Mongolia. Like you haven't got any sort of pre-romance about smashing Mongolia or building a career or moving your family out there. No, although I would say that I did have quite a good experience, a a good comedy experience there because uh, stand-up comedy arrived in Mongolia about five years ago. And so... When I was there, um, there I, I basically ended up doing a set at Ulaanbaatar Comedy Club, right? Because they, they they've oh, just wow. they've just started having stand- so they know what it is and they understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah they they do, but it's it's so speak. it's in its infancy. It's so right. new, right? So there's this like group of like of Mongolian comics, and they do they do English speaking nights um, and they do nights for, for for Mongolians to sort of listen to in their mother tongue. But so they asked me if I'd go and perform. At one of the at the English speaking night, and how right? did that go? Well, it was it was it was so funny because there's actually English people in Mongolia, like teachers and stuff like that. So there's a lot right. of English people that were there, but a lot of Mongolians who were there as well. But the funny thing is, is that because stand up is so new over there, everything um, is brand new. Every single trick, every single technique, every <laughs> single thing is like absolutely brand new out there, right? So I didn't even really write a set. Because I, 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 I basically, I didn't massively enjoy my time in Mongolia. So all yeah. I did was I went out and talked about how shit I thought Mongolia was as a visitor, right? As a sort of like saying, your food's awful. We've got right. lot, I don't, And they just found it they so funny, it. right? But then, this is the thing, is that um, if you did a callback, which in Britain, a callback has to be of a certain standard to work. If you did, when I did a callback... In Mongolia, people's heads fell off. I mean, they, they couldn't... They had never seen anything like it. They yeah, could not just fucking believe it. Just they thought that was the height of sophistication. Like, Hold on a minute. He's doing a joke about a joke he did earlier on. Jesus Christ, I've never seen anything yes. like They've just lost I mean, so if someone had heckled you and you said, look, I don't come into your place of work and show oh, you how to flip burgers, they'd have absolutely lost their shit. Mate, I, I, somebody said to me something about beef. Somebody had shouted beef, right? Right. And I said... Uh, not a great heckle. I'm I'm of Hindu origin, right? Very simple, but mate, the room went. In, the roof nearly came off. I mean, they could not wow. fucking believe. So why it. don't you just live in Mongolia? You could never have a bad gig again, ever. Not that you have many anyway, <laughs> but you'd never have. You just smash it. Yeah, night but do you know what? Night. No, but do you know what happened. But then people they'd start to get savvy to it. Do you know what I mean, you're not going to have an audience that aren't comedy yeah. savvy forever. And then eventually there's, they a, go, there's a pure, yeah, you're right. You were present for a sort of pure moment. What, in... what, what I need to do is I need to just tour countries that have only just got stand up. That's the only, that's the only crowd that See I can operate See how Lisa feels in. about that. See if you <laughs> propose that to Lisa as a family uh, Lisa, move. how do you feel about Papua New Guinea? Uh, I've got a little idea for you. <laughs> we're going to start a comedy circuit. Bring the kids. <laughs> Well, that's a really uplifting way to end <laughs> uh, end our chat. Thank you for doing that. I I I really appreciate it. There's there's been some brilliant photos there. No worries. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. That's it for this week. The rest of Series 1 is available with all the photos on our Instagram page. And Jen and I will be doing new episodes every week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.